I think what happens is people do this sort of like watered down me. Yeah. Watered down you sucks. Yeah. Because nobody wants watered down no anything. Nobody wants watered down anything. Right? Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Marcotte. Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. I'm your host, Jeremy Marcotte, and I'm here with Matt Rouse. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Jeremy. And today we have a very special guest, realtor Lauren Gaucher with Think Real Estate. Hi, Lauren. Hi. Hey, and today we're also going to talk about an exciting topic, which is pretty much everything we say not to talk about. So it's going to be good. <laughs> we're going to talk about going all in with your personal brand. Let's get started. Get right into it. Lauren, who are you and what do you do? I'm a human being on this earth. Um, I'm a realtor here in Portland, Oregon, and I help people with their real estate dreams. That's <laughs> very, very good. So we usually tell people not to post and talk about divisive topics, right? So don't talk about politics. Don't yeah, talk about politics, religion. religion. Don't talk about how much you really don't like that person down the street. You know, things that you try to stay away from. Unless it's their business or their brand. So, example, a Christian bookstore would want to talk about religion all the time because that's what they do. That's who they are, et cetera. However, it seems like you've gone the other direction and mm-hmm. used things that you believe in to be the differentiating factor between you and other realtors. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I you know, I made the decision a while ago for a couple reasons. The first one was I worked in this corporate job in my 20s and I was just this, I'd like to say, like this plastic version of myself and I didn't talk about anything that I was passionate about. I didn't, like, I have really curly hair. I even straightened my hair. Like, I was just boring, right? right? And so when I quit that job, one of the things that I promised myself is that I would never have to have a career that I would lessen myself or hide parts of who I am. So that is one of them. And the other thing is, is, and this is actually the biggest part, I would say, is that... I work so much and real estate can be a really intimate, crazy intimate thing. And with that intimacy, I really want to work with people that I really like. And so being really outspoken about my views and my politics self-selects people. So by the time they come to me, they know what they're getting into and they're stoked about it. Right. And so I think... Anytime you have a personal brand, like real estate is obviously a personal brand, right? Mm -hmm. Because you have to work directly with the realtor. Yeah. But there's a lot of industries like that. People who are entrepreneurs, people who are maybe an insurance agent or they're an independent agent for some other kind of company or something. And then they do this like personal brand where it's just like a super watered down version of themselves, kind of like you were talking about. So it's like, I'm really passionate about going for walks on the beach with my dog, you know. No and, one gives a shit about that. Which, well, I'm sure it's great that they love I mean, their it's dog, awesome, but it's but not no one like, actually cares. yeah, nobody actually cares. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing is you don't want to be like, okay, this is my personal brand and then not do it. And so I guess the question is when you were like, okay, this is what I'm going to do and this is who I am. And so I want to like go full into this. Yeah. The question or the thing that comes up with most people is they say, well, I am going to alienate a very large portion of my potential customer base, 
right? But if you don't want them as customers, then that's also I good, literally right? don't care. Right. I've found that instead of marketing to everybody, if I market to everybody, then my brand is watered down, my passion's watered down, everything's watered down. Like I have this certain amount of energy and passion, and if it's spread out to everybody, then it's really, it doesn't feel good to me, it doesn't right. feel good to them. But if I just kind of get laser focused and really have a really strong, like, this is what I want to portray. This is who I want to be. More importantly, these are the people I want to work with. Then for every time, like even on Instagram that someone, you know, gives me shit about it, I'm like, <laughs> block, don't care. Right. And then, and then I just, and then it makes room for more and more and more of exactly who I want to work with. So right. I'm stoked about that. Like, I don't care that I am not that person for the people that I don't want to work with. And I think that we talk a lot about kind of large scale marketing and you see people talk online about, you know, how do I reach more people and blah, 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 blah. And how do I get a bigger audience? But what you really want to do a lot of times is get a smaller audience who is the people you want to work with, right? Who? How, how can I get a small group of people and whisper to them the things that I want instead of yelling at everyone to try and well, you know, slowly drill down until I find the person I want? I actually find that by doing that, exactly that. I actually get a larger audience. Right. I mean, and then not only that, but because I I share such personal things, it's an intimate relationship. I mean, it's an intimate relationship on both sides. Like I care deeply. Like I have definitely like cried for my clients before. But and then that creates extremely strong referrals mm -hmm. for the same type of people. And it just it like snowballs into this thing that is exactly what I love. You know what right. I mean? And I don't you know, you're saying it's someone for a personal brand, but I don't, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily think that that's necessarily just for personal brands. I mean. You know, you see Nike, they took a stand with Colin Kaepernick, you right. know, and that pissed all kinds of people off. But their stock prices have been skyrocketing. They right. they decided to do something, you know. And so I don't necessarily, I, I don't know, I I think that it's, you don't have to just be the Right, you can stand up for, for your beliefs in yeah. your brand. The problem is when you get a really large brand is that most of them have this, like we were saying earlier, they have this really watered down version. Like last month, every single business that wants to be even thought of even the slightest bit as being like a safe space for people or anything like that just takes their logo and turns it into a rainbow. And they're like, look what we did. Right. Which is and I'm like, that's a whole other bullshit. Yeah. Thing. Like <laughs> that, that doesn't mean that you're in any way representing yourself mm -mm. being, you know, progressive. It just means that you have a graphic designer who knows how to stick a <laughs> rainbow on something. Well, you right? know, I and Facebook also does it for you. Yeah. Well, but also, <laughs> I also feel like. Like, you know, something that like we don't I don't know if you guys talk about, but like something I like I think is kind of a, a taboo to talk about is like marketing is manipulation, period. But then again, like people, the way that everybody reacts or interacts with people is manipulation. It's a social construct. And I don't think it's like we see manipulation as just this completely negative thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, but you manipulate by like you could see smiling to the store clerk to get them to be happy so they bag your groceries instead of not like that's right. a manipulation right. right and then like there's just all these and so marketing is purely manipulation so i think well, it's, it's also a context thing too right because coaching and manipulation are the same exact thing totally you're doing something to or for someone to get a desired result 
right? But manipulation, you're looking at it from a negative context versus like coaching mm-hmm. for the positive context, right? Of it, right? Because yeah. you manipulate the crap out of that kid to get him to shoot a better three pointer. It's right. fine. It's coaching, right? Right. But you know, you do that in a negative way or for a negative reason, then it becomes manipulation, and people look at it poorly. And, yeah, and look yeah. down on it. Yeah, it's a perception thing, and you're right. Marketing is manipulating people, coaching people, the direction you want them to go. Yeah. To whatever have the desired. And I feel, I don't know. I feel like most marketing is emotion period. It's emotion based. And so you're manipulating them to feel a certain way, whether it's Mm -hmm. inspired, fearful, not enough. You want to be like someone, it's all just that. So the problem with in the actual marketing world, like when I talk to other people who specifically work in marketing, mm-hmm. they make a distinction of manipulation being trying to get people to do something that they don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Whereas the marketing version is helping people do something that they do want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's whether it's fine line, is fine it? line, it's super fine. line. <laughs> it's also a fine line that where the line moves, depending upon who you ask. Right. Mm-hmm. So. The person who's at, you know, the bad used car lot trying to force somebody into this shitty car so they can get it off the lot may think that they're doing them a favor by selling them a cheaper car. But let's face it, you're selling them a piece of crap to take the problem off your hands and put it on somebody else's. Right, right. Versus somebody who's maybe trying to find somebody the exact specification of a vehicle that they want and then realizes that. From what they've told me so far, this isn't the correct fit. Maybe I should help them find something that's a better fit. Yeah. That I wouldn't say is manipulation, Mm -hmm. even though the car may cost more. Right, right. Right? I think it's... It's motivation also. Yeah, what's your intent, right? Right. Are you saying, I want to help this person. Right. So I want to get them along on the journey with me so that I can help them. Yeah. Or am I just trying to sell to them for my own benefit? Right. And I like that's with you and your personal brand and and kind of getting down into the niche client that you like, that Mm -hmm. you want, right? You're doing the same thing kind of as a car salesman at that point. They're saying, these are the things I want. These are the things I need. Mm -hmm. And you're taking all of that information and taking the emotion out of it and trying to find a house that might be better. It might cost another $5,000 or something like that. But if it's in their budget, then they're ultimately going to be happier with something like that too, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, that's (laughs) an oversimplification, of course. Yeah. I mean, like when someone is, you know, I I think especially I work a lot lot with first time home buyers and, and I have to remind them, you know, they're like, oh, we love this house. And I'm like, but remember you want a kid within a year and having three different bedrooms on three different floors will murder you all. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to be miserable. Don't buy this house, but I want it. Don't care. Moving on. (laughs) And some people may not. I mean, you have the experience and the knowledge being an industry expert that they do not have. So then you can help them make better decisions that they would otherwise make bad decisions for. Right. Whether they know it or not is not really the point. The point is you can try to explain those things to them and stuff, but you can also be like, don't buy this house in this area unless we do a sewer scope first or something. Right, right? yeah, And yeah, that yeah. maybe is something that they don't know anything about. Right. So that's not manipulation, I would think, well, right? I protecting think their interests. Yeah, you're protecting yeah, their yeah, interests. Yeah. And that's not marketing so much. 
you know, that's like once that's the client thing, you know. Right. Well, I don't think you ever really stop marketing. I no, mean, you that's have true. to kind of that's work true. with them all the way through and follow yeah. up after and stuff. And yeah. No, that's true. I mean, we honestly, we bag on realtors a bit sometimes because there's so <laughs> many real estate agents that have problems with follow up so or other things. many right? bad ones. Like and the person a lot of bad that ones, right? just sees a client that is like, I like this house. And they're in the back of their mind being like, you're going to want to sell this house in a year, but then I'm right. going to get more money because I get to sell the house, this house in a year because you had a kid and the, you're and they're just doing it that way right. and mm-hmm. that makes me want to murder people yeah or you see people <laughs> listing like the 70 year old woman's house for 15,000 below market to get it to sell in two days and yeah. you know all this kind of crap that I goes mean, on yeah. and there's, there's some super predatory shit going on yeah. so that nothing... I think would be manipulation yeah absolutely hey I can sell your house in two days or the, the signs you see up, we buy houses with cash. Those really, I would say even open door, like that new thing, like mm-hmm. that's their thing is they can, they buy your house with cash really, 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 really quickly. And they still charge a lot of fees. But let's say if you're in a tight spot and you need it, I totally get it. Like if you're like, I need money next week, like this is right. an emergency. I'm actually glad that there's a service like that. But I think that for people that aren't educated, I am just a little fearful that it can be predatory for someone right. that doesn't know or doesn't speak English and doesn't know that they can or, you know, is elderly and maybe going on dementia or something. Mm-hmm. I think that there's there's a lot of like scary things that I'm like, wow, you could have really done better with the sale right. of your of your asset. But cool. They take <laughs> your house and and put it under contract for 30 days and buy it off you for a hundred thousand less than list and sell it to somebody else for 20 under list, make 80 grand a walk. Right. And is, that's, that's what they're doing. Right. That's exactly what they're doing. And yeah. I mean, in some cases there is investment property buyers and stuff who are on the level. Right. And they're like, you know, if this house can't be sold because maybe it has a problem and needs totally lead paint, it needs whatever. Right. Yeah, there's remote, good ones out there. Whatever. Right. So there are some, I mean, we don't want to bag on everybody, honestly, but right. we're in an industry obviously that contains tons of terrible people. Like, yeah. How many <laughs> shitty emails every day do you get that's like, I see that you're not on the front page oh, of God. Google. And, Jesus Christ. You know, yeah. yeah. I probably get 10 a day. Yeah. We get at least that. And we have SEO in the name of our company. <laughs> like, it's just ridiculous. We right? take care of your <laughs> SEO for you. Yeah. Hey, I noticed that your website has some problems. And shut uh, up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> So anyways, we did, I think we had more questions that we, we do. Oh yeah. We like, we've so already been tangents. like 10 minutes in. And so unsquirling, right? So um, <laughs> with your personal brand and stuff like that, you're, you're putting it everywhere. You're on Instagram, you're on mm-hmm. Facebook and stuff like that. And you talk about, you know, your experiences and traveling, dating, hiking, you know, your dogs and, mm-hmm. and all of the things. So do you feel that that's been being more personable and, and maybe vulnerable at sometimes on social media? Do you mm-hmm. think that's beneficial to your personal brand? Or? Oh, 100%. One hundred percent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When it feels good to me and then when it feels good to me, then people can tell and then like it just creates a relationship Mm -hmm. online. But what I've seen is it makes it so someone feels safe with being vulnerable to me with their this is a scary thing. Maybe they're going through a divorce and they have to sell a house and it's like, you know, like you have to talk about stuff scary stuff like you got to talk about like you and your partner splitting up and the financials and the kid and how this is going to go and how we're going to do all this stuff and I feel like I'm sure you guys have talked about this before like real estate is like it's a lot of counseling you know and Mm -hmm. so when I am really open and vulnerable and talk about struggles of my own with depression or whatever then 
if anybody has been following along at all, they know that they are they're going to be safe with opening up to me. And then that relationship will just be tighter. And then we can be more honest with each other, I think. Or that's the goal, at least. Right. And, and, and I think that that's especially when things aren't just all, you know, rainbows and puppy right. dogs like you have to be even more honest, you know. Sometimes. Which it rarely is in the real estate world when you yeah. get down to the transaction level. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, it's. A, I always tell my clients it's a roller coaster and you're probably going to cry. It's right. okay. Let's just keep going. <laughs> um, people throw around the word authentic or authenticity around right, all right. the time, especially in the marketing world. Totally. Like, Jesus you can't Christ, don't they? <laughs> open up like Medium or something without 500 articles about yeah. being authentic. And yeah. I'm like... None this of is authentically the most authentic article I've ever written. <laughs> like the person writing the article is being inauthentic while they're writing about well, being authentic. You know, so I think that you come across as being you and you can tell. Yeah. Because you've gone, you're going into personal topics and stuff. And I'll give you an example. So you posted after you went on a date with someone, you did like a little video thing where you were talking about stories. all the terrible things that happened oh, from the person horrible. on your date. And I mean, <laughs> like a bad person. And maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that because it's an entertaining story. <laughs> but you can't make that shit up, right? Like, right. I mean, it's tough to come right. up with something like that. Yeah. So people can tell that it's you. But you can also tell when people make shit up. I think there's something in the middle there that you're missing. Right. I think that there's there's me that's like an open book and maybe sometimes too much and I don't actually care. And then there's the people that make something up. And then, oh, I'm such an asshole. And then there's the middle <laughs> ground that are like the people that want to be authentic, but they are trying to be someone else's authentic right. and mm. not their own. And that's where I feel like it feels like you're wearing an ill-fitting suit. Right. And I see that a lot. Like, It's I like see, a fake persona. Yeah, but they don't. I see people sometimes trying to emulate what I do and right. I, no, 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 just do you. Right. And mm. I think that's, I think that's a big part of authenticity that I don't think is talked about a lot is in an in attempt to being authentic. You're just, you're scared of being yourself. Right. It's scary to open up like that. And I, it's weird. The reason I do that is because it's scary. And then I find that it's, I mean, I'm doing it selfishly, to be honest. Right. Like, I find it being really healing to, like, talk about all that stuff. And then, I mean, after that video, I got – or the those stories, I got so many messages about people struggling with their own and, like, all this stuff. And it created this really – like, so many amazing conversations. And right. that's why I'm doing it is because – Well, and it's those conversations that end up making the relationship, right? Because the relationship is having conversations that right. make the relationship that you have for a long time – that doesn't necessarily lead to business, but it can lead to other benefits in your life also, right? It so. leads to a lot of benefits. Like I did a fundraiser just like on my Instagram. I, I was like, because, you know, you can do like a donate button right, right now. Mm -hmm. And I did like a, a pretty intense one for the Yellowhammer Fund. And then I like I posted about all these different things you can do for all this stuff. Right. And I mean, someone that I they follow me, I don't, I don't know them all that well, was like, you know, I've been super depressed and like super depressed, like not leave the house depressed. And you posted how to volunteer for this certain thing. And it made me realize like, I need to do service of others. That's going to get me out of it. And she was like, right. so thanks for getting me out of my depression with this little prompt. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. You never that know felt what's going to happen so with So good. Like that was like, that kept me going for weeks. I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Like I felt great. You know what I mean? So like, this is all selfish for me. Right. <laughs> 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 it's 
<laughs> Congratulations, you, my therapy is making me money. Yeah, oh, got well, it better. I spent enough on it. There's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with doing something for others. Also, that also makes you feel good. No, right? oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think there's any question in the anecdotal evidence or the actual studies that anybody can deny that when you go and volunteer, it makes you feel better. Totally. Just happens, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. And when I mean, you isn't do that a, isn't like service, a, a lifelong right? philosophical question of like, is right. there anybody that's purely, uh, what's the word? Yep. Selfless. Selfless. Yeah, not selfless, but whatever the thing is where you do something with no... No ulterior motive? Yeah. Anyways. And we'll get there. Yeah. I'll, we'll come I up with know. it like 10 minutes from now. I'm going to be like, right, out right after we stop, yeah. you'll be at yeah. a stoplight. That's what it is. Yeah. And then God. the person next to you will you. Altruistic. Is that oh, it? Oh, yeah. That's it. That's a good one. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways, continue on. Car- Carry on. <laughs> obviously, our company does marketing and we do marketing to help companies make more money, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I really like to sit down with our clients and stuff and say, how can we help your customers, right? Because we want to help you help your customers instead of just saying, how can I help you? Right, right. Because in the end, we want to be the guide or the coach that helps them get stuff done so that they can coach their customers so that they can accomplish their goals. And all of that kind of falls into this not necessarily altruistic behavior, right? Mm -hmm. But it does fall into that kind of category, I would say, of like, it's kind of hard to explain what I'm saying. (laughs) It falls into that we're not here just to try and sell you something so that you can sell more things. Yeah. Yeah. We're trying to help people who help others. Yeah. So we're not going to go and do work with a company that we think is not doing the right thing. Right. Right. And we have that, but just like you don't have to take any client that you don't want. We don't either. Yeah. And we've told people straight up, we're not going to work with you. Yeah. Right. Like we don't like what you're doing. We're not going to work with you. It's aligned, you know, it's aligned (laughs) goals and it's aligned Maybe values. ethics, right. values. You values, want to align yeah. your values and your ethics and your mission. And I mean, I the older I get, the more I start doing that with, like, everything right. I do. Where I put my money, like, is really important in all the ways that I do it, whether it's business or can't do it all the time. I still have to get gas. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, like I, I just try to like really think that stuff through. And so not just blindly right. supporting just anybody. So I, I say this over and over again, like my marketing is basically the golden. I, I'm like the golden rule of marketing, like market unto me or unto others as I would have right. marketed unto others. <laughs> I don't like that. No, me. OK, you know what I meant. I no, <laughs> I'm real good at words, guys. Like we are <laughs> <having> good English. <laughs> but, the, you know, that's the thing is like my values get kind of solidified or whatever. Like I'm like, OK, well, there's other people like me out there where it starts to become more and more important. And that's what I found is like, it's important to me that the companies or the people that I support, you know, are putting their money to the right places. And I know my clients are doing the same thing. Right. A lot of people, when they kind of first start out a business, whether, you know, they don't necessarily have to be a realtor, any business. Yeah. A lot of times it's like, I could just need to get whatever business I can take because I got to eat kind of thing, you know, but then you quickly learn that that burns through your time and energy so fast. Oh, God. And, and you you're get just, that. Uh, me, I'm yeah. miserable with you these, like, miserable. who any, this just random person that's 
found me or I found them. I'm like, this is miserable and I hate my life and I'm quitting real estate. I'm going back to going commercial fishing. Screw this. I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) My body can't take that anymore. So then I had to adjust. Right. And, you know, you get that kind of 80-20 rule where 80% of the people or 20% of the people are causing 80% of your problems and 20% are taking up 80% of your time. Yeah. They are harder to deal with. Mm-hmm. They're calling you all hours of the night. They're whatever. They always have a problem. They think their emergency is your emergency. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, oh, right? yeah. But just for the people out there who are dealing with that right now, mm-hmm. you don't have to do that. Yeah. Right? You yes. can be selective. So And much when so. you can start to be selective and identify the traits of the people who are a good customer and a good fit with you, then you can start to direct your attention and your marketing and your effort towards those people. Well, and then it snowballs. Right. But it's difficult to kind of niche down like you it, have, right? It is. Like I it mean, doesn't start out that way. No. You kind of have to like drill down, get rid of some of the people on the fringes. Yeah. Like a lot. <laughs> so much. So much. So much. Learn your lesson a few times. Right. <laughs> over and over again. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. Now you have a group of people. Sorry. <laughs> now, you, now that you have a group of people who are... Obviously, everybody's an individual, but I mean, they have some similar beliefs and maybe similar ethics Mm -hmm. and stuff. It becomes easier to get referrals for more business or when you need to get something done, you can count on somebody who's got your back for it or somebody knows someone they can refer to you. Because they already trust trust. you, you trust them, everybody trusts each other. Yeah. And, you know, there's always, you know, there's going to be some, especially in social media, there's always going to be some arguments when you talk about any kind of divisive topic. Mm -hmm. And I think you find this kind of more on the liberal leaning side Mm -hmm. of people is they kind of like to argue with each other a lot. For sure. Whereas kind of more on the right wing side, they kind of have a cohesive. Yeah, the cohesive, like, this is just the way it is. Yeah. A lot of circling the wagons, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And you just don't get that as much on kind of the left-leaning side, right? Mm -hmm. But it always seems to work out on your social media and stuff I see. It doesn't kind of devolve into people calling each other Nazis and and hating each other and stuff. It's usually like, oh, I never thought of it that way. Maybe you're right. That's my go-to argument. Yeah, I've (laughs) I've also worked really hard to foster that. I've worked really hard. I mean, I'll slam the hammer down when it's right, but I definitely really enjoy well first of all I enjoy learning and changing my points of view and and getting taught things where I'm like oh uh cool didn't ever think of that and so I really try to foster that in the discussions on my my social media in general is like nope 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 we're not gonna just slam someone for for not knowing or never thinking or something like we're gonna lead them into understanding or, you know, and I find a lot of the times like someone will come and, and you know, it's, it's hard whenever someone is confronted with like something gnarly, of course, people have a tendency to get really defensive and then Mm -hmm. shut down and it's all fear, right? Like fear just rules so much of us and fear can be anger and fear can be all these different things. And then I notice like a couple weeks later, they'll like privately message me and be like, so I was thinking about that. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) it worked. (laughs) Well, and the way you the way you do it too, right? Is is you're not there's an example that you you put on your Facebook where somebody had, had referred to a woman as girl, 
Oh and, yeah, and and kind of not intentionally or, or uh, maliciously no. using that using girl as something negative or anything like that. They just never think to say, "Oh, she's a woman." They're taking the power inadvertently. Yeah, right? like it's it's like accidentally condescending. Right. Yeah. So the way that you talk about things like that, and and the way you kind of nudge people in the right direction, is phenomenal because you're like, "No, oh, just think about it." Well, it's once again the golden rule. Like, right. would I want someone to berate me into trying to have them believe the same thing? Fuck mm-hmm. no. I want no. someone to be like, look at it this way. You know what I mean? And so, and of all of my friends over mm-hmm. the years that that have done the same thing for me, I'm so grateful for them. Their patience of the nudge instead right. of the, you know, the hammer. <laughs> and so that's just what it is. It's, it's just that there's this thing called, uh, I'm going to definitely mess this up. It's like this learning thing. It's like the zone of proximal... Proximal development. Development. There it is. Thank Thank you, you. Google. Thank you, Google. (laughs) And the whole theory is, and see, I even like apply this to like marketing or teaching my clients Mm -hmm. or all this stuff. So let's say there's like a core and the concentric circles outside. And Mm -hmm. like the person that knows everything in the world is in the core, or let's say everything on a subject. We'll just do that. And then the person on the very furthest circle on the outside, they're not going to have the same language. And so it's going to be really hard for them to talk because of the person in the center has this insane amount of knowledge on this person on the outside has just a lack of knowledge on this particular subject. Mm -hmm. And so the zone of proximal development is the person in the core is going to teach the person in their next circle. And then they have some common language. And then that next circle is going to be able to talk to the person on their one outside of them with Mm -hmm. some common language until it'll get diluted down. But that's how learning happens, I feel like. And it's an educational term that I learned from one of my teacher friends. And it kind of changed my life. I'm like, I can't really talk to my clients about some really intense contractual things of real estate and the ins and outs of all this stuff. So like, I have to be like, okay, how can we teach you without completely overwhelming you? Let's think of it that way. In marketing, we call the curse of knowledge. Mm -hmm. Curse of knowledge is I'm an expert at the thing that I do. And somebody who's coming to my website or my social media or whatever is so, as you would say, like out on the fringe. Yeah. They're out on the edge and they don't even understand the language and the terminology. So the most you can kind of like, I hate to say dumb it down, but honestly, that's kind of what it is, is how can I dumb down what I do so that somebody can understand it? I would say simplify. Yeah, simplify, (laughs) right? But so when you sit, the most you can simplify it is still at a level higher than they can understand. Mm -hmm. And what we usually like to do is go, can we take this wording or this verbiage that you've set up to say this is what I do? rewrite it so that maybe 10 to 13 year old could understand what you're talking about and not to be condescending, but then I'll get back to that in a second. Mm-hmm. And once we've got it to that point, then we walk through it again and say, how can we make sure this doesn't sound condescending? Yeah, yeah. But then we want people to understand what it is, right? But can I question that? Because I think this is almost the same niche thing is like, you guys are experts at this, at this, like something that you're really high. You don't want a brand new realtor that doesn't even know what the hell they want and doesn't know anything. Like, I almost feel like this is another example of like you guys marketing to everybody when Mm -hmm. marketing to like someone that is brand new, doesn't even know anything. Whereas don't go to the outer circle of development. Go to the mid where it's someone that already has their brand at least a year or two established where they know mm-hmm. what they are looking for. So, like, 
I don't know. I kind of feel like why simplify right. it down that much? I know now I said it. Everybody wants to say dumb it down you've, instead of thanks simplify. Thanks a lot, asshole. Sorry. <laughs> I was thinking it. wasn't going to say it. Thank you. Yeah. I get what you're saying. And I mean, we do work with some real estate agents, right? Right. But for the most part, we're or working with. Or whatever. Yeah. Like we're usually working with like a brokerage versus an, yeah. an agent. And we're trying to simplify the message from that business to the consumer. Right. Not from us to a business. Ah, uh, okay. Which is right? hard because But we also again, do have to do that mm-hmm. because you wouldn't believe the amount of acronyms and BS that is in the actual technical side of what we totally. do. Totally. And, you know, I can talk about, I, I don't even want to get into examples because it's yeah. just, nobody knows what I'm talking I'll, about anyway, right? over and I'll fall yeah. asleep. Yep. So <laughs> I can use a term like return on investment that somebody's as a business owner or, a, you know, as an agent or an yeah. entrepreneur is going to understand what yeah. that is. They may not understand a term like ROAS, which is return on ad spend, mm. which is something they're not familiar with. Right. Right. So return on investment, they can say, if I give you X amount of dollars, I want to see X amount of dollars uh-huh. in return. Right. And return on ad spend is is a more complicated calculation. Mm. So, you lost me at math. So. Right. Math. I, and yeah. And the mathing, right? You know, not mathing. everybody wants to do that. So... <laughs> Um, you have to, I like to say, instead of saying, we can do your SEM and SEO and blah, 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 I can say, we can figure out where you need to put your time and effort so that it will give you more results. Right. And that's something that they understand. Right, right. Versus me starting to babble on about analytics. And, right. Mm-hmm. Unless you happen to have a brokerage that's also run by an engineer, and then they're going to really geek that's out. That's right. Then I'll give them all of the data. <laughs> <laughs> Engineers are their own breed. They are, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're intense. And they're weird. Yeah. I'm just going to come say Engineers are weird. <laughs> if you're an Not, engineer, I don't want to this, stereotype people, but all of these people are like this. Yes. And if you're an engineer listening to this, you're still weird. Um, weird is not right. necessarily a, a it's negative not, thing. It's I not agree. a negative yeah. thing. But I would say I'm a little weird. It's hard <laughs> to hold a lot weird. conversations with engineers unless you're an unless engineer you're, or have some sort of like knowledge in that field. Or that's super anal- – I think it's just that crazy analytical brain. Yeah. I have a crazy analytical brain, but not for that kind of stuff. Having a philosophical, philosophical, philosophical. Has shika digger. Is that like a falafel? It's like a falafel, it's but a it's a little different. It's a delicious falafel for your brain. Yes, uh, having a philosophical <laughs> discussion with an engineer is the most aggravi- aggravating. <laughs> aggravating. Um, you should have had coffee ever. today. I should have. How do we get you no. back on the coffee? The answer is no. Black coffee. Lose Black. weight and no sugar. Black I'm fair trade it. green bean unroasted coffee. Only if it was grown by a farmer who talked to them every day. Each individual bean, mind you. (laughs) That's right. Thank you, Ryan Reynolds and Aviation Gin. Oh, my gosh. Those are great. (laughs) You can sponsor us at any time at hookseo.com. Yeah, that's the truth. I mean, that's brilliant marketing. Uh, Anyway, so. Did you ever see the one where they have the milking machines for the almonds? And they're milking the little almonds? (laughs) To get the almond milk? Oh, it's hilarious. Um, I think it was yeah, actually a marketing agency who made but that. But also but humor. For God's yeah. sake, humor. humor. Jesus Christ. Um, I have a whole series of stories that I've saved. You know, you can highlight stories. Mm-hmm. It's just poop with a view. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, so speaking of stories and, and interesting things, let's talk about this paddle boarding while dressed up as a witch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Um, so my friend Ginny... There was, I don't know, it was, it was a, it's a photo that's gone around. I don't know if it was a stock photo, but forever. And it was just a witch on a paddleboard. I think it's somewhere in California. And she was, she organized it all of herself. It's gone way beyond her now. 
And so she just put out the word that let's all dress as witches and get on our paddle boards because it turns out that paddles, when you're paddling, looks like you're also on a witch's broomstick because that's hilarious. And so I kind of last minute joined. I didn't right. do any of the planning. I did all I did was show up and giggle and have a blast with a but bunch of But it was kind of, of a misty morning on the river. It was on the Willamette, right? It was and, on the Willamette, yeah. yeah well, I, they've done it two years since, and I haven't been in right. town. Or one year since? Oh, I don't remember. Um, oh, here it goes. Fart. <laughs> it's always. It was between one and five years ago. Yeah, because it's supposed to be in October and the first year that she organized it. It was beautiful weather because, I mean, paddling on the Lamette in October in Oregon could be like a real crapshoot of like misery. And it was gorgeous. And it was really fun. It was a really good time. I mean, I had a blast. Everybody was like, yeah, I got all over the news and it was just a cool spectacle. So, yeah. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> well, I remember because I saw it on the on the Guardian. I in the know UK. it went crazy. It was like on like the first or second page of the yeah Guardian. And, yeah, and then it got picked up yeah, real it got quick. Picked up all over and everybody because you know it's interesting to see, right? It's one of those kind of really human interest kind of yeah. story things yeah. that used to get on the news when there actually was news. Right, kind of feels like like a, a Portland thing too. Yeah. though. Because Portland's got some interesting things like alley dinners and, and <laughs> Good uh, segue. stuff like well that, done. right? So <laughs> I may have segued on purpose, but That's right. Portland has its own feel. There are a yeah. bunch of like weird segue tours. Quir- a thing in Portland. <laughs> uh, yes. Those are amazing. <laughs> They're by really the way. fun, actually. I played with a segue for the first time in 2000 in Disneyland when they were in Tomorrowland. We're like, check out the future. The way we're going to move in the future is the segue. Right. Do you remember when every downtown was going to be car free and everyone was oh, just yeah. going to ride segways? Yeah. Ride their segways everywhere. Yeah. And then they put the stupid scooters in downtown Portland and now people are pissed because Unless they're you ride everywhere. One, they're really fun. They are yeah. so much fun. <laughs> like, everyone's like, goddamn scooters, but wait, can I try one? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, so I how don't do I do like this? when they park them on sidewalks so they don't make it as accessible to people in like wheelchairs and stuff There's, like that. That really pisses me off. You need to have like parking off. off the side for them. Like, you no, know, but it, like, like people just ditch them. Oh, I yeah. know, but that's what I mean. They need to have a thing like if they find your scooter that you rode and it's in the middle of the sidewalk, they charge you an extra two oh, bucks a good to idea. move it or something. Yeah, yeah. that would be a really yeah, good idea. Tax. Yeah. I, uh, Except not a tax, just to make people not fine. just stop being a fine. dick. Yeah. Um, stop being a dick. Yeah. So, stop being a dick tax. Yeah, well, okay, so those scooters, the Nike Bike Town things, they actually have specific parking in downtown Portland, and it's fantastic. The scooters don't have that. Yeah. You're right. They find them on the road. They find them on the sidewalks. They find them in parks. They pulled hundreds out of the river. (laughs) There's a YouTube channel that does nothing but go get these scooters and then just try to destroy them. (laughs) It's it's a thing, but whatever. So I think it's cool, but I think there needs to be more regulation and or, like you said, basically a dummy tax. Mm -hmm. Don't be a dummy. Don't put it in a handicap spot or whatever the case is, right? But the biggest problem that I have with those right now is Friday and Saturday nights in downtown Portland. You're out drinking. You get a bright idea to grab a scooter. There's no helmets. No helmets. You're drunk. You shouldn't be operating that vehicle at all. So many drunk people on those things. It's really scary. Like, I'm not going to lie. It's really funny to watch a drunk guy on a scooter (laughs) crash on the train tracks because they're going with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, it shouldn't happen. So let me tell you why they can't put a breathalyzer on the scooter. (laughs) Because then it becomes a contest. Right? (laughs) Who can blow the highest amount on the breathalyzer on the scooter will become a thing in like that. Uh, Because I used to go to pool league tournaments, right? Like a billiard pool league. Yeah. And one of the times my friend 
brought a portable breathalyzer because he thought it was oh going to be God. like, Humans we're going to really use dumb. this to yeah, like, it's going to be like, okay, well, this, so if you get over the certain limit of drinking, you got to like slow down because you're going to be too drunk to play at the tournament or whatever. Right? And they're like, challenge accepted. Yeah, it was like, it was on. Jesus like Christ. it was, it was turned into like a bunch of old guys, except it was more like a frat party of drinking. Oh, because everybody's trying to beat the breathalyzer. Oh, my stomach just hurts. So, yeah, so speaking of stomachs hurting and and food, because <laughs> so I want to go back to the dinners, man. I like food. All right, let's talk, about, let's talk so, about alley dinners. So, alley dinners. <laughs> yeah. You like porches and you love alley dinners and I stuff do. like that. Yeah. So, what is an alley dinner for people that don't so know? So, I have an alleyway dinner. It's actually tomorrow. So. Four years ago, just like a week or so ago, I bought my house and I have this super cute little house in North Portland and I love it to death, but it has zero backyard. I mean, not zero, but it's really small and up until last summer, basically unusable. So I really wanted to celebrate buying my house with a dinner with all my friends and my family. And I was really good friends with my neighbors at the time. And so we, like, if you're looking at my house, the street, there's like my house. And then really close to the, my neighbor's house is where we keep all of our garbage cans. And it's just this little alley between them. So we took all the garbage cans out and strung lights and cleaned it up really well. And then did like a sit down dinner for 30 people. And, you know, it's just become this tradition where. The pictures are fantastic. It's like a bunch of little tables with tablecloths and everything yeah. down the middle between it's the two potluck. houses. And, yeah. You know, it's a potluck because I don't really like cooking. So, and over the years it's turned in, the potluck has been really cool because it's now such tradition that people like really want to show off the dishes and right. then, like the food is unbelievable. But it's more importantly, it's this really interesting community. So there's like a couple people that come, but my, so my cousin and I do it because my cousin was living with me at the time and she's like a sister to me. So right. what we do is we, we kind of deliberately invite different people different time, like kind of cycle through and, and, and try to bring different people from different walks of life and mm -hmm. different industries and different ages and try to just kind of get people to to get to know each other and have interesting discussions. And, and it's always lots of good food, shit tons of wine, you know, people sitting with people that they never would have met otherwise. Right. And it's just a really... I love it. It's it's first of all, I, I know every, most everybody, so I'm always like a little teary eyed at some right. point. And it, it's just a really great way to build community, you know, and, and because the streets right there, people walk by and they're like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. <laughs> and doing things to build community in person is yeah. something that happens rarely now. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And we actually did a whole episode about building in person communities with yeah. Jane Crawford. Mm hmm. And she was talking about all these communities that she builds, uh, and they're mostly for her. They're like women's communities, so mm -hmm. they all go spying together. She cool. Say spying, spying is a verb. verb. Yeah. Totally. Agree. Yeah, building community in person is something like in my neighborhood. So we have a big park across the street from a house. Mm -hmm. And it's in an, uh, like a HOA neighborhood, so the park is taken care of oh, by yeah. the HOA. It's not a city park, right? Gotcha. So if the weather's nice and the park is not too wet and swampy or whatever, right, because it rains here all the time, mm -hmm. if it's dry enough, then I bought a giant inflatable movie screen and our company has a projector already and I have an outdoor speaker. Yes. And we just do movies in the park. Oh, my God, that's awesome. And then awesome. I go in our little Facebook group for the HOA and I say, what here's some choices. What yeah. movie do you want to watch tonight? And everybody brings their kids. That's and we so have popcorn cool. And we have, usually have, you know, like 20, 30 people show that's up. That's decent. And, How fun. Yeah, it's I fun. love that. That's super cool. 
And like, I can imagine that just gives you all the good feels when it's happening. Like yeah, I get yeah. this like very specific feeling in my body and it's in this, always in this one moment of alleyway dinner. Cause like everybody kind of like mulls around and right. you know, we drink wine and get to know each other. And you know, there's a certain point where I'm like, it's time to sit down and everybody sits down and then there's this pause and then everybody just starts passing food and yelling right. and like someone will throw a loaf of bread down the table. I mean, it's like, it's, I don't know how many feet it is, but it's like 30 people around a table, <laughs> right. you know? And I just, I it, that one spot, I always just pause and just sit back and watch all these people interacting and right. laughing and like pass that pasta over there. Oh, I haven't tried that salmon and like all this stuff. And everybody's just so excited and like working together that I just like, my heart feels like it's going to just burst. Right. Like in that moment of community. Even I was uh, at my little cute little pub down the street earlier this week for my old neighbor that used to live next door to me, uh, his birthday. And so my old neighbors came back to the neighborhood and right. we went down to the bar and all the bartenders were like, you're back. <laughs> and, you know, and then like the old bartender came down and like had a drink with us. And then one of my neighbors came by like, oh, it was nice to see you and all that stuff. And then there was like this guy sitting at the bar and, and someone was like, oh, welcome to town. I was like, did you just move here? It's like six hours ago from Tennessee. And I was like, come join us for drinks. And right. like, that's my jam. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think North Portland has that culture a lot more than any other part of Portland. Because a friend of mine lived in North Portland when we first moved here. And mm -hmm. it was the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. They came back. We went up to Pizza Fino's. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had some. It's, I, my, it's in Kenton. I wonder if it's just Kenton. Everybody else it's could be. Off. It's just Kenton. Right. Kenton's the best. Piss off. Well, yeah, right? <laughs> so we went to Pizza Fino's. Not biased at all. And right. I always get the same thing when I get there. I'm a creature of habit. But then there's a bar. I can't remember the name of it, but it's right across the street from a park. Parkside. Is that what it is? That's literally the one I'm talking about. Seriously? Yeah. They're it's, the best. It's like Cheers, right? Yeah. But like family version of Cheers. Yeah. Parkside is the fucking best. Fight me. <laughs> Straight up fight me. No, it, it was really cool because they hadn't been there for a few years. It's the same bartender that's been there forever. So yep. And they walk in, they know each other, they have a conversation yep. like they literally just saw each other a couple of days ago. That's my neighborhood. And yeah, so <laughs> North Portland has that very, Ken, sorry, it needs to be more specific, <laughs> right? Has that very specific culture. Yeah. And Portland kind of seems to me like it's being watered down a little bit yeah. with everybody moving down. Totally. And you just don't get that. The character is not the same as it was to me when we moved here. Yeah. Like, are you kind of feeling that same thing? You or? know, I am, but like, I kind of like, I don't know, like it is changing and, and there's parts of that that suck. I do agree that it's changing. I don't know if I like, I, I've like met a couple people that have like moved here and they're like, why doesn't this city have this? And I'm like, if you want something better, get involved in changing it instead right. of bitching yeah. about it or don't move here and expect it to be the place that you came from. Like, right piss off. But at the same time, <laughs> when people like are like, I miss old Portland. And I was like, do you want us to become Detroit that right. was dead? Because, you know, like, I, I don't know, like life has changed. Mm -hmm. Right. I think it's really unfair to. And it's a much different world now than it was 15, 16 years ago. Five years ago. Right? Well, yeah, really five is. years ago. But I mean, in Portland specifically, right? Like I see people complaining and they're like about new people coming here because they're like a native or something. And I'm like, well, when did you move here? And they're like, oh, I moved here in like 2007. Oh. And I'm like, well, I moved wow. here in 2001. So does that make me more of a native? Yeah. Now, now I'm from when Canada. We're, when we're talking gentr <laughs> yeah, gentrification but, yeah. and like pushing people out. And there's there's all kinds of stuff that are legitimate issues that absolutely 
I don't want to brush on the table, but like right. someone that comes along and is like bitching about parking or something or public transportation. I'm like, then right. make it better. Get out of your car. Take the bus. Like, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. This traffic is terrible. Whether well, they're on their 15th car trip that day yeah. by themselves in one vehicle. Yeah. I mean, that's me. me. That's my job. P.S. But right. I yeah. also don't but. get road rage. I'm like, this is just part of my job. I listen to podcasts and audiobooks. I make my phone calls. That's when I, I like, think call everyone my should listen to podcasts in their car all the time. <laughs> I do. <laughs> We're looking for a good one. Especially this one. Especially this one. <laughs> Nailed great. it. All right. So we've we've squirreled a lot, but we did cover a lot of topics. So That's what right. it boils down to is be the authentic you. Don't, you, not someone else's yeah. authenticity. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to use the word authentic. I think it's can we come up with a new word like spying? Yeah. Be like, spying you. Be, I think, no, nope, be nope. Your you guys own definitely Jane just, Crawford. I am I'm not the marketing genius behind Hook SEO. I'll just go ahead and admit that right now. Uh, I think you need to basically do a deep dive on yourself if that's what you're going to do for your branding but i mean also just to be yourself but also if you're not going to do it then just don't do it don't do it because it's going to be worse if you aren't willing to confront that shit yeah and you know what i hate i know we've already gone way over our normal kind of time but whatever um, no it's fine i mean (laughs) i'm a talker hey statistically 41% 41% of people will start a podcast and listen to it in multiple sessions. So if you're one of the people still oh, listening, you're, well in, you're in the 41%. Well done. <laughs> um, but what I was saying is I don't post everything about my life mm-hmm. online in a way that's used for, you know, my business or for marketing. It's a very kind of positive spin on my life. Mm-hmm. But I also am not telling people that this is everything about my life. Right. You see, like daddy daughter day Mm -hmm. you know and we're going out here and there but i'll also post like here's a beautiful photo i think personally that i took of my daughter yeah here's the other 15 takes it took to get that Uh, one photo yeah and people love to see that behind the scenes kind of stuff right but also that i mean but also and and i think that's really important is like that whole you know it's creating that thing is like oh it's only daddy daughter dates instead of like oh that time like she smeared shit on the walls right because that happens too you that know what is. I mean and and I think that that's people get a lot of success not, not, my daughter has not done that well I've only done it it's once a, and a, you weren't supposed to tell everybody <laughs> <laughs> so there's that huh. too late Jeremy but you know, this is why we don't have an office yeah <laughs> No walls for you. That's right. <laughs> but, you, you know, and I think that that's creating a problem. And I think that's positive spin. People right. really and it's not even that they consciously believe it. It's that that's all that they're seeing. Right. And so even subconsciously, that's all that they're seeing. So subconsciously, they're like, well, my life is an absolute fucking shit show. Well, I think that's different between people than it is for brands. But I am my brand. Right. So and you I guess, are your brand. And I guess that's the but, big difference. And what we're talking about is like, right. I am my brand. And I I took a, a deliberate, decided to do that years ago where I right. was like, I'm at a crossroads. I either continue to be my brand or I separate them. And right. then I tried to separate them for a little bit. And then I just ended up ignoring the separated right. brand. And I was like, oh, I feel the best just being me right. and that being the brand. It's fine to have a separation of personal and, and oh, brand if, if yes, you're going 100%. to. Like, so I get asked this question pretty much every single day. Should I share stuff about my personal life on my business page? Right. And the answer to that is maybe. Right. Well, it's, up it's, it's up to you. Right. Yeah. Obviously. But I also think what you should share should be appropriate to your brand or in your case, 
go in 100% and do it all, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But don't half-ass it, right? Well, I, you know, it, it's interesting because I know we're way over time, but the whole <laughs> 100% and do it all isn't actually accurate for me. Right. Someone had this great advice, and I think it was, I don't remember who it was, and they were like, share the scab, not the open wound. Right. And so I don't share the fight that I have with my mom. I don't, you know, there's some people that like everything is out there. And I don't share that because I'm still working through it myself. I'll share something that was really personal with me, but after I've processed it. Yeah. I think you need to have a limit. Like, this is a personal bubble that I'm going to keep inside. And then I find it funny that people are like, oh, you share everything. I was like, I don't share everything. Fucking crazy. No, don't share everything. Like, oh, what? Oh, there's more. Yeah, there's more. Okay, calm down. (laughs) Yeah. There's more than, (laughs) yeah, like I think what happens is people do this sort of like watered down me. Yeah. Watered down you sucks. Yeah. Because nobody wants watered down anything. Nobody wants watered down anything. Right? Yeah. What they want is something that is true and reflective of the person, Mm -hmm. right? Or Or the the brand, brand, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But also, like if we're talking about your average, and I hate to say average, but I mean average user, meaning someone who is not developing content intentionally right, for a business, right, 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 right? A, a consumer yeah. type person, they are sharing things about themselves, maybe to make themselves look good or showing other people the good things about themselves makes them feel good. And I know that there is a negative impact on other people looking at that, yeah. saying, how come my life sucks and all these other people's lives are wonderful? What they're not thinking about, though, is that this is the best of everyone else's life. That's but being but that's what I was saying is like you right. probably know that like you you logically know that. Right. But what's happening is this barrage of that. Yeah. That is getting, that is get getting to the subconscious where you're like, Mm-hmm. I'm a terrible yeah. person that's not successful and, you know, single. and Right. This was not my plan. Yeah. yeah. Well, and a lot of people get, we were just talking to Kara the other day. Imposter she was on the syndrome. podcast that was, yeah, this week about imposter syndrome. and Dude, imposter syndrome yeah. is no joke. And I feel I like it's getting worse. And yeah. Oh, yeah, everybody gets it all the time. Yeah. But it's funny. I was listening to a podcast. Probably one of my favorite podcasts is Business Lunch, it's called. Okay. And these are entrepreneurs who are making sometimes tens, even hundreds of millions of dollars That's at their business. And they still say, oh, should I really be going on stage to talk about this? Like, huh. do I really know what I'm doing? Yeah. Right? When their bank account has more money in it than some cities, right? Right, right, right. And yeah. it still happens, right? It doesn't matter. The other thing is that, that they talk about on that is that, what did the guy say? He said, mo money, mo problems, right? Yeah. That old that old thing, right? Mm-hmm. So the more successful That's you accurate. get, the harder it gets. Yeah. And the more you think that you're not as good at it as you are because it keeps getting harder, right? Yeah, that's fascinating. I, I went and saw Lizzo last night who is everybody needs to listen to her she's amazing but she's like definitely like a plus-sized amazing performer but her like I, I laugh because like I've never encountered anybody that like is unrelenting in in self-love right <laughs> like unrelenting and like she's like oh I've had a bad day or whatever like but I laugh that I'm like going to see a Lizzo show is like going to church and she right. just is like everybody love yourself and like she makes everybody chant it's crazy and I and like I think of that and like that's the anecdote to the imposter of like I'm not good enough I don't know enough like blah 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 blah, blah. and it's it's always so powerful and I always like feel high off of it for right. a couple of weeks and be like, oh, no, I totally know what I'm talking about. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm loved. I'm, I'm beautiful. I'm smart. All this stuff. And then I got to, you know, you got to lift yourself up again. Maybe we need to record again. it. 
and then you can. Not a bad idea. I mean, it's really not a bad idea. Like maybe she needs to come on the podcast sometime. <laughs> <laughs> Lift everybody up. She's amazing. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect pitch. All right, so I'm going to wrap it up, right? <laughs> so be the authentic. We'll think of a better word for you um, <laughs> for that. Be the authentic you. If you try to do it, if you're going to do it for your business, do it for your business. If you're going to do it for yourself and for your personal brand. Don't half-ass it. Show the scab, Go not full the wound, ass, right? right? Go full, Go ass, full but, ass, but scabbed full ass? Scabbed, no, too, no, gross. Oh. too gross. Too gross. Oh. Back it up. <laughs> well, There's no going gonna back If you're going to talk about that. divisive topics, right? Like <laughs> politics, religion, you know, anything that there's kind of a divide about or people kind of argue about, you need to be unapologetically on your version of the side. You can't do this. And I've seen this a lot lately. It's really That's irritating really me. Point. Is getting this... A little I don't want to be political, but, but I'm going to leave this right here. And then it's some article that has a, a spin or a, a, or a lean or it's some yeah. kind of propaganda piece or something. And yeah. I'm like, by saying you're not going to be political and then posting something political, all you do is you look like, for starters, you look like a chicken shit. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And secondly, you look like you're trying to persuade people without persuading mm-hmm. them, which is manipulation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so. Yeah. So if you're going to, if you're, you're going to do, do it, it, do it. Just, I, I think like the deepest thing you're going to know and really understand is like, you need to decide if you're going to market to everybody or if you're going to niche down and then you just go full throttle with that yeah. and don't go back and forth. You know what I mean? Like really stick to it and be convicted of that. Convicted? Is that the right word? Have the conviction. That's it. That's I was right. like, convicted? Don't put me in jail, don't. please. <laughs> do mean, it and get thrown in jail. Excellent. Perfect. Excellent. I don't. Um, I told you I'm not good with words. So conviction. <laughs> do it with conviction. That's it. Come conviction. From a place, conviction. Come from a place of love, right? Yes. And don't attack people for crying out loud. Yeah. So, Lauren, thank you very much for joining us thank today. Thank you for having me. It was a blast. Yeah. And we look forward to seeing where things go with paddleboarding and <laughs> all of the things. And uh, I'll probably see you tomorrow for dinner. All right. All right. All right. Thanks, Mark. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Marka. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Now stay tuned for a preview of our next episode of Digital Marketing Masters. Next week on Digital Marketing Masters, we talk with business and executive coach Carrie Walls about how to get your business unstuck. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.